Welcome to Stone on Sports. I'm your host, Andrew Michael Stone. This is the MMA Stairdown brought to you by Boston Pizza in St. Jean, St. Bruneau, and in Vaudreuil. Brought to you by the guys and gals who helped me quit smoking for life. G2 Vape, check them out. And of course, Royal Barbershop. Look how handsome this man looks. Look at that guy. That's Adam Dack, of course. Uh, welcome to the show, man. Hey, man, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. I, I don't know why I said welcome to the show. I mean, you're always here. <laughs> it's not the first time, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, I feel like in 2018, we just keep, as MMA fans, we're so blessed. We keep getting good cards. And the best part is, is sometimes when you look at a card and you think to yourself, oh, it's not going to be that great, it turns out to be phenomenal, just like it was last night, UFC Glendale. Another great card, man. You said it. Uh, you know, we saw prospects, we saw some old veterans, and we, we just saw uh, uh, wars all night long. So I was very, very satisfied with the card last night. Okay, I, I do have to call you out on something. Go for it. I, I know you didn't see this coming. Um, when we did the podcast earlier this week, I said, Michelle Watterson versus Courtney Casey. I'm pumped. No, no, no. You said what? Do you remember? Meh. Meh. Was it that meh after all? I actually still think it is. No way. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Tell me why, because uh, I don't agree with you at all, to be but, honest. Well, listen, listen. Uh, so Michelle Watterson, she's known, she's a, the karate hottie, right? She's a karate expert. But it's not what actually won her the fight, in my opinion. It was the takedowns. It was the control on the ground. And um, it was just a, it was an okay performance. I don't find much damage was caused in the whole fight. And I'm just curious to see where she'll go from there. Yeah, and, uh, and if you look up to your screen right now, actually, you'll see a couple of stats that Adam's referring to. Uh, the takedowns, she actually managed three takedowns uh, to Courtney Casey's zero. zero. Yeah, she laid a goose egg, which is, which is funny because, you know, in terms of uh, submission attempts, when you look at what Courtney Casey did, she kept going for those triangle chokes. She kept going for those, what do they call those inverted arm bars or whatever they are. It, it, like, I mean, it just looked... Uh, like Courtney Casey was finally going to get Michelle Watterson to tap out. But in the end, you know, Watterson showed off her flexibility. She showed off her resilience. You know, she wasn't doing very well in recent times. And I, of course, as you know, we always talk about sportsmanship and respect and resilience and all that. And Michelle Watterson talked about it. She said, when you're in this deep of a hole, yeah. it's really hard to dig yourself out of it. And I think she did, you know, as the number seventh ranked strawweight, I think she's starting to show that, yeah, she could do well. But it's not like Courtney Casey, who's seven and six in, uh, you know, in yeah, a professional career now. Right. Not exactly a, you know, formidable opponent, to put it that way. Well, actually, I think there's some people that are really giving the fight to, to Casey because she's actually a lot bigger than uh, than Watterson was in the fight. And um, right now, look, she is she is considered the, the, the number seven in the division. Where is she going to go from here? Because it seems to be the repetitive contenders coming back and forth. So I'm just curious to see who they're going to match her with next. Yeah, I'd be really curious, too, because, you know, she's already faced the, the gals like uh, Rose. Uh, she's faced Tisha Torres. She's faced a lot of these Paige big names. Yeah, Paige Van Zant as well. And, and you know, we'll see. We'll see. You know, now she's... Uh, I guess two and three in her last five fights so uh, it could be really interesting and uh, of course it was really I really liked the way that she took the the, the fight to the floor uh, to the mat because when you're up against somebody who has a you know who's four inches taller than you are and who's got a significantly longer reach advantage you have to play you have to fight in the pocket you have to go close it's all about adapting to your environment because you have a certain game plan if, she, if her plan was to strike and she's realizing that she's not making
making it a, a, a standing up, then you have to change your plan on the spot. And I think she did do a good job on that. She was able to secure the takedowns, three of them, like you said. Yeah. So she ended up making it her fight in her way. And we saw some skills that maybe we hadn't seen too, too often from Michelle Watterson also. I'm going to give you that much. Though. Yeah, well, thank you very much, Adam. I appreciate that. That'll, that'll teach you to say meh next time. You know, it was good. It was good. But, well, you know, an, an interesting fight uh, in the middleweight division, of course. Israel Adesanya, one of the most promising and hyped fighters in that division or in the UFC overall, taking on Marvin Vittori Jr. Yep. Now, that was interesting because for the first time in uh, Adesanya's career, it went to a decision. Absolutely. And you know what? I think that we can't give him blame because there's a lot of criticism coming out of this fight saying that, oh, maybe he's not that good. We saw some weaknesses on the ground. and But here's the thing. He is not the one who hyped everything up. It was the whole UFC machine, marketing machine, right? I think he did a great performance. Yes, he needs to work on his takedowns. We saw it last night. But that's no surprise. When you have a guy as good as he is, and, uh, and he had a, a, a very long, unbeaten streak in, uh, in kickboxing, if I yep. okay? Yeah, you're right. Well, of course, then you don't, you don't expect the guy to be a, a professional wrestler and, and BJJ black belt already. Give the man some time. I think physically, he's got all the attributes that we talked about. You know, he's got the distance... Uh, He's got the reach. He's got the height. And it was just an overall good performance on him. Yes, he didn't finish the fight. But give the guy a chance. because. And by the way, Marvin Vittori, that's one big middleweight. He's oh, one yeah. guy. He's a hard man to put away. He's very, very strong physically. And uh, so just build him slowly. Don't go and blow, you know, put a, a ridiculous opponent that could actually take him out. Build him slowly, and you will get a champion out of this man. I think so, man, because I, I, I'm i all aboard the uh, Adesanya hype trade. You know, I think this is a—it's it, a victory for him, you know, even though he did lose one round to Vittori. Vittori, you know, you see what happens when a wrestler— uh, um, um, a superior wrestler, obviously somebody who's a little more complete overall, yep. uh, can do to somebody whose who's specialty is clearly kickboxing, as you mentioned earlier. Right. Uh, and Michelle Watterson said it best. She said, in MMA, you can't just bring what you're best at. You have to bring your entire toolbox. So uh, I expect Adesanya to keep climbing the ranks. And honestly, uh, he's going to be there for a long time. He's a very lean middleweight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, but he's, just, he's really good for the division. The only thing, like I said, is I, I really hope also... Now that he's felt what three rounds is really like, because he hadn't, like you said, he hadn't never gone the distance. That's right. So what I'd like to see is him really train in, in BJJ and grappling and wrestling just to really complement his, you know, his undeniable striking ability right now. Yeah, because he still did defend uh, three takedowns, honestly. And that's that's really, really, you know, kudos to him. That's uh, really good, especially against a guy like Marvin Vittori, who, as you mentioned, is so he's so thick, you know what I mean? So he can really take somebody down and, and cause a lot of damage. So uh, congratulations to Adesanya, of course. Uh, on a uh, on a hard fought uh, victory, that's for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, let's move on. Now, this one is a bit of a heartbreaker for me in the welterweight division. Um, I did say on the podcast that I just felt like Oliveira had a lot more to give, a lot more to offer than Carlos Condit. That is his fourth uh, consecutive uh, loss yeah. in the UFC right now. He's trying to make a comeback, trying to reestablish himself. Um, I didn't see enough of Carlos Condit to think that this guy has you know, a promising uh, comeback comeback future. So, so here's the thing about Carlos Condit, guys. The thing is, is he's still world-class. Believe me, his, his technique, the ground, standing, everything, he's amazing. Let's not forget, he was an interim winner. Yep. And had an amazing war with Robbie Lawler, which 90% of the people gave that fight to Carlos Condit. I think just mentally, he's just not in the game anymore. And that's the issue. And you have to accept that. When your mind is not able to say, I'm ready to fight 100%, 
it'll show in the fight. But, you know, to his credit, though, he did have uh, Oliveira in a couple of dangerous positions. He almost finished him a few times with, a, with a rear naked choke. Um, but Oliveira, very, very calm, poised, and just took advantage of the situation and came out with a W. And a very smart, uh, you know, while he was on his back and Conde was trying to come down to punch him, you saw that he landed that kick, yeah. uh, uh, that upward kick, and, and yep. you could tell that that is really what started putting Condit away and it's kind of heartbreaking because you know he's he's done so much he was the former WEC uh, champion yeah. as well uh, huge name marketable name and everything I don't know. I don't know what to expect with Carlos Condit anymore. I don't know what you think. I, I think he's going to hang up the gloves on this one after four four losses. I mean, what it, he's done a lot for the sport, you know. He and he's a great ambassador to the sport too. Very professional, no controversy, no no PEDs, nothing. You know, just a clean guy, a good fighter. Um, but maybe he's you know he's had a, he ha, he's had his career and it's time to move on. That's what I would say. Yeah, I think so too. Maybe he should consider Bellator too. You know, I don't know if he'll make as much money, but that could be a good name to bring into Bellator and that could probably help them. Now I don't know if anyone has mentioned that already but that's just my opinion it's not know? a bad idea but he has to be willing to fight still that's the whole thing because when you're in the when you're in the octagon it the training camp and and everything else before it doesn't matter it's what your state of mind is when you're in the octagon yeah well the brazilian cowboy uh, definitely impressed a lot of people in case uh, uh, you guys don't know who he is check him out definitely now let's talk about man I don't even know how to put this into words to do this fight justice. How incredible. Everybody thought it was going to be incredible. And usually, you know, it's like when somebody tells you, okay, uh, I watched this movie. It was phenomenal. What happens? You go in with your expectations sky high, and then usually you're disappointed. You're like, meh, finally. Yeah, meh, right? That's the topic <laughs> du jour, obviously. But I have to tell you, this fight, Poirier versus Gaethje, lived up to expectations. I think exceeded the expectations as well. Holy crap, what an incredible fight. But this is what you got to expect when Justin Gaethje is fighting. I mean, if you followed him prior to the UFC, you already knew. There was a lot of hype coming with this. Not the fact that he's just this unbelievable killer. It's just the fact that he comes out and he brings war to you every time. If your mental game is not 100% that night, it's going to be one long night. And you know what? At some point, I was wondering if Dustin was actually going to break yesterday. When you look at the fights, when you look at everything, I mean, he just he took a lot of hits, Justin Gagey, but was able to give some back as well. Yeah, for sure. But the pro, but you see, that's the kind of like the problem that I have. I know you where know, you're going. It's, of course. it's the strategy. It's like I, I think about the long term damage that that could cause to somebody. Uh, I think about. How sustainable is that approach? You know, he's not an old guy, Justin Gaethje. So how many more punches to the chin can he take? How many more, you know, uh, hema, what are they called? Uh, he, uh, like like the, hematomas? Yeah, exactly. Hematomas can he sustain? Uh, I don't know about the technique necessarily or, or that kind of strategy. Yeah. But let me tell you something. Scary stat for you. I don't know if you saw the significant strikes landed. A total of 284 Ugh. in that fight alone. That's, 284. That's Man, it was an all-out brawl. And we said it during the podcast. We said if you take two almost identical fighters and put them up against each other, that's kind of what you get. One thing I did not appreciate about Gaethje, though, is the two eye pokes. I, I'm not accusing him of no, cheating. No, 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 I know. But I will say that I, the second one was kind of borderline suspicious. But to, to his defense, though, after the fight, Dustin came up and said, look, don't worry about the eye pokes. I know you're not a dirty fighter and all that. So they, they were able to solve that issue. But you bring a great point with Justin Gaethje. Here's the thing with him. Uh, he's been in so many wars that at some point your chin will give. And when you're fighting at the pinnacle of what MMA is, which is the UFC, this was bound to happen. You know, we saw the fight with Michael Johnson. He had got rocked really badly. And I was telling myself, I said, how is he going to be able to sustain that kind of fight 
for the rest of his career in the UFC because he's he's in the the, the most the deepest most skilled division there is in the UFC right now in the 155 division. And when I saw what happened against Eddie Alvarez, I suspected something very, very similar from Dustin Poirier. You know, uh, you want to talk about resilience. You have to think of the name of Dustin Poirier to, you know, everything that he went through yeah. just in that fight alone. Yeah. But you do, when you think of entertainment, you think of Justin Gaethje. He is, I mean, that 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 uphill climb is is just super smooth for him. He's doing way better. He's getting everyone's attention. I was watching it with my girlfriend last night. Yeah. She said... Andrade is her favorite female fighter, and Stipe Miocic is her favorite heavyweight. She's like, I'm starting to think that Gaethje is my favorite fighter right now, and she's not alone in thinking that. Absolutely, but look, we got to remember, this is an entertainment, uh, entertaining fight, but I'm going to go against the grain on this one, Ooh. because I don't think Justin Gaethje's performance is, it's, it's not a great performance, and I'm going to tell you why. I think a good performance is when you cause a lot of damage to your opponent without taking a whole lot of damage. And that was a problem for him for, for, for several fights, even prior to being in the UFC. He would win the fights. I mean, he was on an unbeaten streak when he came into the UFC. But we take too much damage. First of all, like you said, it shortens your career, probably shortens your life expectancy, right? Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. It's, which is a shame, you know? I really, really, really hope that in his next fight, he's going to come out and he's going to utilize his bread and butter, which is actually not striking and, and just moving forward. It's actually his wrestling. We yeah. haven't seen enough of his wrestling yet. So I hope he implements that just so he doesn't have to take all that damage. And we'll go from there. Okay, now Dustin Poirier has called out Khabib Nurmagomedov. He right. said it himself. I had yep. 20 fights in the UFC. He's put on a show every single time. And that's not to take anything away from Gaethje. You know, he has one controversial loss and a uh, TKO uh, to his record. So he only has two losses to his name right, uh, right now. But yep. in the case of Poirier, is he ready for Khabib? Look, who the hell is ready for Khabib Nurmagomedov? I think the only person that can be physically ready once he's healed up is Tony Ferguson. Uh, I don't think Dustin would go too, too far against Khabib. But look, we've been proven wrong in the past. And But here's the thing. The 155 division right now, you got Connor again. We don't know where the hell he's going. Tony Ferguson, we saw his injury. Look it up, guys. It's a nasty, nasty knee yeah, injury. Uh, and then you got Kevin Lee, who's fighting Edson Barboza next week. So he's also in the, in the mix. You have Eddie Alvarez also, who just knocked out Justin Gagey as well. So what do you do? Do you put Dustin versus uh, Eddie for a second fight? I don't know. I would go... Personally, okay, so first of all, I think Justin Gagey should fight the loser of Edson Barboza and, and, uh, and Kevin Lee. Okay, I okay? agree with you. That's the first thing. Um, and depending on the performance that Kevin Lee will give, if should he win in the way he says he should win, I would put him against Dustin as a title eliminator and then fight the champ. Here's my deal, mm. okay? Not to go against you. <laughs> I like Dustin Poirier. He's got 10 finishes to his name. His striking is second to none right yeah. now. I, I'm not saying give it to uh, you know give him the Khabib fight. Right. Not yet. Right. I don't think he's ready for Khabib. But I honestly do believe that his striking is superior to Khabib's. But oh yeah, but they don't look. We 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 mentioned how Khabib has to work on his stand up. Um, but here's the thing. What I would like to see, because he, uh, on an interview, post-interview that uh, Dustin said, he, he said that he, you'd be surprised that he could probably out-wrestle and out-grapple Khabib. Those are, that's a bold statement. I don't know if I so, buy that. So, what, exactly, and I agree with you. Now, what I would do is, should uh, Lee actually beat Edson, then that's what I would like to see, is those two guys fight. Why? Because they're both 
I mean, he claims to have great wrestling, and, and, and Kevin Lee has phenomenal wrestling. So we'll see how these two guys match up. And should Dustin actually pull the victory, then I would say, yeah, you know what? He could actually give one hell of a fight to Khabib. And I like that you mentioned, uh, you know, next Saturday's uh, event. Uh, really interesting because Kevin Lee, obviously, he's got a little to prove after that loss to Tony Ferguson yep. at UFC 216. Uh, uh, 220? I don't remember. I think it was 260. Anywho, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take 42 a 42 cards a year. Sorry, guys. We, we forget yeah, once in a while. It's going to happen. That's why we have our notes. <laughs> right over here you know uh but uh but barboza as well you know the last time out he did he did suffer a loss so these two guys are coming in with a little something to prove so it'll be really interesting to see how that goes uh, uh I, I think i think more there's more pressure on kevin on this one because he's the one who's been talking a lot of smack he's the one who said that the fight between edson barboza and habib was actually a terrible fight for habib it was a terrible performance he said he's going to do a lot more damage to uh, to edson than Khabib did, which is going to be hard to, to... Anyways, I'm very curious to see. And let's not forget also, after his last loss against Tony Ferguson, he was talking about how the wake... He had a staff infection, so that's yeah, one thing. It, it was very evident. I, I hope, yeah, of course, and I hope uh, he, you know, he's 100% on uh, next Saturday. But he also blamed a lot on the weight cut because he's a very big lightweight. This guy could easily fight at welterweight. So I'm just curious to see how his weight cut's going to be. Uh, but I do expect uh, one... Uh, it's going to be a great fight, though, no matter what. No matter yeah. who, who is victorious, this is going to be a phenomenal fight. Yeah, and we'll be previewing that for you very shortly on Stone on Sports. I'm Andrew Michael Stone. That right there is Adam Dack, the MMA mastermind. Listen to this man speak. Doesn't he know his stuff? It's incredible. Thank you to everybody for tuning in.